All right. Hello and welcome. Um, so this is our fourth episode of the Modecast podcast, um, which is a podcast powered by smart mobility provider Modeshift, um, who I'm with. So thanks for joining us today. Um, I'm your host, Maxwell Mickey. And in today's podcast, we're going to focus again on transit, as we always do. If you like today's episode, you know, please make sure you subscribe so that you can hear the new stuff that's coming out. Um, but we'll dive in. Uh, today, we have Greg Downing. We are a bit biased uh, because he is with the uh, he is with South Central Transit Authority or SCTA, the executive director, um, who is a client of ours. But we're going to talk about some some transit and his community and his riders and kind of what they faced in the new technology side. Um, so, Greg, welcome, welcome, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate the time out and, and kind of joining us. You know, the question that we always love to start off with um, that I think is usually pretty interesting is kind of the how you got into transit. Um, side. I feel like uh, there's always kind of different winding paths. So we'd love to hear kind of how you got uh, into this space. Oh, wow. Um, it, it's been a long time. It's been over 25 years. But Okay, I so you actually, got a veteran. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually started in transit by mistake. Um, okay. I've always been in transportation. Yeah, just showed um, up to the wrong job one day. There you go. There you go. And they started paying me and I was already hooked. Yeah, that's all right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I started out um, while I was in college. Okay. Um, I, I started and needed a job to support myself. So uh, I, I went and I got a, I had a, a CDL um, license. So I, I started at one of the transit agencies as a bus driver. And uh, the shifts were as such where I could go to school in college during the middle part of the day, which is usually the lag time. And I could go to work in the morning. And then when I finished school, I would come back to work and still be able to get off at a decent hour. So it actually fit what I was doing from a college standpoint. Okay. And hence my introduction into um, transit. And what were you studying um, when you were in college? Uh, oh, that's that's even worse. Um, I actually was uh, studying sports management. Uh, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be the next Jerry Maguire. Prior uh, so to, funny uh, story. That was that was mine as well. Um, I, it was is one that of right? Majors, sports management. Yeah. So as you yeah. can tell, I'm clearly not using it either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I um, I had a I have a, a BA in sports management. Um, I also went back like a dummy and um, got a, uh, not a dummy, but I should say I went back and got a master's degree in organizational leadership. But originally I was thinking that I would drive the bus until I got my degree. Then I would be off and running as an agent uh, for all of the basketball stars that I knew and that I talked to. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I was just off and running. Um, and when I went on my first interview and they told me that I would be making a uh, half of what I was making as a bus driver. <laughs> Reality sat in real quick. I was like, what? You know, <laughs> so <laughs> that yep. is what, that is what guided me right on down to transit. Oh, very cool. And uh, so where, where were you driving? Where was that first role? In Delaware, I started off, um, well, okay. I started in Philadelphia at SEPTA, which is uh, one of the five largest and, and, and keystone um, type of systems. Um, I was there for less than two months because during the introduction and training period, they told us that uh, it would take 
five years to have weekends off, to have a shift with oh weekends boy. off. Yeah. And that just at, at that point in my life, I was a single guy. I was out and about and it wasn't adding up to me to be a very exciting career at that point. Yeah, I can see that. But, uh, but a guy who I was in training with who had left earlier, he went and um, found out that they were offering the same type of job. Just uh, I think it was 70 something cents less to start. But you could be a bus driver in Delaware. They had everybody walked in. They had weekends off. At that time, they didn't run Sunday service. So they were, um, I was able to go and, and, and grab uh, a shift and, and start there. And I immediately was given weekends off, which again, helped my nightlife and, and my single life at, at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, that's pretty cool to kind of early on in the career see, you know, these different size agencies and how they operate. I'm sure that's kind of rolled up to, you know, your, you've been the executive director since, uh, I think it's a July of last year, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, okay. I was named, um, my predecessor was my, uh, executive director. I came and worked under him for five years and he, um, actually, uh, in July when I was named, he was named the executive manager mm. and he was on, was here in the building from July till December, the end of December. And um, since December has, it's basically been, uh, you know, you're by yourself, buddy. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, kick off the training reels and, and, and put your helmet on and get the ride. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, so as a, um, you know, you've been a leader before, you know, in other capacity, but as a, as a new leader for um, SCTA, um, and any potential kind of newer leaders in the transit space out there, um, have you run into any like interesting or surprising challenges or kind of any, you know, thoughts or advice or even how to kind of structure when you're first coming into that type of role? I mean, any, any insights from, uh, you know, taking on uh, a new, very large, you know, role for uh, an organization? For, for me, um, it was very difficult to realize that your time, you know, when I was in charge of operations previous to that. So I knew everything operationally, maintenance wise, I knew all of those type of things, mm -hmm. but stepping out of your comfort zone, especially if you're uh, leading up to that would be one of the definite um, pieces of advice I would give uh, finance, procurement, is so many other facets of, mm -hmm. of the business. Um, it speaks to what my model has been, um, especially during this time now where we're having, where transit in general is struggling with uh, employment and people, getting people to want to work. Mm -hmm. We've basically gone and started a grassroots program where we're telling everybody, if you want to be in marketing, you can be in marketing in, in transit. If you want to be in, if you want to be a uh, in banking, you could do banking and be in accounting in transit. So we're promoting the the industry as a whole. But I would, like I said, I would say that from a from a leadership standpoint, understanding and trying to put pieces together, kind of like Legos, putting pieces together and, yeah. and and realizing how to build up to what the build up is to get it. So uh, my time is not my time anymore. Uh, that's that's basically yeah. yeah i was gonna say i mean it's 
obviously a service oriented industry. And then, you know, once you're in that leadership role, you know, I would assume, um, you know, even more so, um, not only all the people and riders, but you know, your staff and it's probably a lot of fires each day that dictate (laughs) the day to day. (laughs) I I walk around with a fire extinguisher on my back all the time. Um, it is one of those jobs, uh, uh, and, and in my, in my life and in my, um, my attitude, I was brought up, my mom brought us all up. Her term was have an attitude of gratitude. And I have, that is all that permeates through my mind. When I, when I started this business, when I got in the transportation, it was always about service. And Mm -hmm. as I get up and move throughout leadership, I really it always comes back to that. It always comes back to, um, although I might be the head of everything, I probably do, and I should be the one who is serving everyone. I, it's because my arm should be wide enough to serve everyone, to be able to be a support and to be able to help wherever I can. So that's where I say I take the most solace. Now, it's very difficult, but I'll say that that's what my mindset is as I Yeah, as I yeah I'm sure. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, probably there's days that test that, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> we we can really talk about that, but I don't think you want to hear it. Mean, we'll that. do that off, off podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll talk about some of those stories. Um, exactly. But, you know, speaking of kind of the service in the community, um, you know, obviously uh, in the last year, SCGA added a lot of new tech. Uh, we're biased because it came from us at, at Mojo. Yes. Um, yes. You know, a few different pieces and, you know, validators and electronic fare payments and you know, smart cards, mobile ticketing, a lot kind of, I think happened, mm-hmm. you know, how did the, you know, what kind of challenges did you face with like the community and getting information out there? Were there hesitancies? Um, I think that's, you know, the program itself has been wildly successful, but I think that's a testament to like getting that to the riders. Um, so mm-hmm. I think the listeners would kind of love to hear that process because it's always difficult to introduce new you know, processes and payments and things like that, especially when people have been riding the same way for many years. Yeah, it's funny because that was my first project of leadership under our executive director as I was being groomed for the position. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my first project was our relationship with ModeShip, our relationship with uh, introducing mobile ticketing, mobile electronic payment, all of those things, Mm -hmm. um, as you said, um, introducing that and how we, we went and thought about how would it be received and all of those things. Those were things that we started out as far as just looking at where the industry might be headed. Mm-hmm. This was pre-COVID, might I add also. Yeah. So we actually started the conversations pre-COVID and we actually got and start to see the instruments and things of that nature that would be used that was during COVID, but we had conversations pre-COVID. So in that, as COVID came, it totally changed the landscape of how we were going to introduce things in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We actually started, uh, when we first were thinking, we were like, okay, this is going to be an alternative plan. This is more for the younger crowd to kind of, you know, stay I don't want to say stay hip, but kind of stay in engage with sure. the younger uh, generation. And then when COVID hit, it totally shifted our thought process mm-hmm. as to how we could use mode shift to not only be better at 
uh, being safer, being more efficient, being able to allow us to collect fares, but keep our operators safe, keep the public safe, as well as to be able to uh, talk about, we talk a lot about being green, being recyclable. We were mm-hmm. using cards, magnetic strip cards that uh, when you were finished, we found them all. We, you know, we found them all on floors. We we're mm-hmm. sweeping up, constantly cleaning. The object and the idea of electronic fare collection and um, um, mobile ticketing and all of those things were, it was exciting. But again, it came at the exact time that we needed it to, to be introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just was a lifesaver in the aspect of where we needed to go and where we were going regarding COVID, regarding some of the some of the things that we did for safety reasons. And mm-hmm. it just transitioned and allowed us to transition everything and, and, and that be part of that transition also. Yeah, how do you think, you know, I know that's been one of the, if not the hottest topics and, you know, points of conversation the last year is, you know, getting ridership back and getting people to feel comfortable and traveling. How do you think that has impacted the kind of the ridership numbers for SCTA in the Um, last, you know, year? What I'll say, um, as far as, you know, influencing um, ridership and, and, and building and or taking away or adding value to I think that what we did, and and I'll speak to this at great length, was one of the things that we did and we decided to do was we left it, we let, as they would call it, we let it all hang out. We said that, you know what, we are not going to go back and and offer tickets. Mm -hmm. We are going to, from this date forward, we are going to, if we're only going to say you have this option. We moved it, whereas we took it from being a, you have options as to what you want to do and mm-hmm. mode shift being an option to us saying, you know what, this system will allow us to move our whole fair collecting system into the next, into the new millennium. And, mm-hmm. and we decided to, as an agency to move forward. And so to, I guess, to add value, we no longer gave customers the option of, hey, if you want to buy a day pass, we have we have cards. We have cards that are similar to the credit card. We can load value up on that and you can buy your card and it could do this. You could put it on your phone and you could scan your phone and you could mm-hmm. do this. If if you have if you needed or wanted a day pass, we printed out the small day pass sheets that you could just go and that was through Modeship. We took everything and it took us a little more time sure. um, to go through that, but we did. We made a conscious effort to say, "This is how we are moving. This is the business model we'll move uh, use moving forward." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there any kind of hesitation from like the community or riders like in that shift to to kind of get them comfortable with it, or were they just thinking, "All right, sounds good. New new way to pay." Okay. That's why I said uh, COVID really helped us because we ushered it along with our safety campaign. So Mm -hmm. as part of our safety campaign, we said, okay, we are spraying buses down with hospital grade uh, disinfectant. We are putting shields up for our drivers to keep them safe because at that point, we didn't know how COVID was being uh, transmitted. We talked about the filtering system that we uh, had in the bus to 
make customers feel safe. And 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 during that time, remember, uh, the the country was sh- kind of shut down, and oh, yeah. all that was coming through was the essential uh, workers. So all that were coming through, and we were saying, okay, we we understand you are essential. We are here to protect you, and mm-hmm. even in that, we offered no fares for. I think it was at least five months. Okay. So we did no fares for five months until we got all these things in place. And as part of that whole picture of being um, responsible, safety responsible, mode shift was a, a huge part in us being able to bring back fares and to be able to have collect fares and, and re- uh, fare box revenue and things of that nature. We were able to be at the forefront of that and show that, mm-hmm. hey, this is how you can do that. And you can do it from the front or the back of the bus because we have validators on both on both sides. So it allowed us to usher in a new way of how we do business. Customers embraced all of it because it was grouped as a whole as to this is how we are moving things forward. And it yeah, continues it to like- embrace that. Yeah, it sounds like that kind of secret sauce is, you know, tying together, you know, all these different elements of kind of safety and value for the riders with, you know, the fare collection being part of it yeah. to, to really get people comfortable and, and happy, you know, riding again. Well, it jumpstarted. It, it really yeah. jumpstarted us in regards to allowing uh, the customers to not only hear what we were doing and, and, and we put out videos and all of this type of stuff, but we actually, through the help of ModeShift, we went and and had a week's worth of, I guess you could say, marketing. And, and, and we had our people down there. We had some ModeShift people down there showing people, loading cards, getting accounts, doing a... So we we had a big shebang uh, yeah. throughout it. Uh, we, we wanted... It wasn't an option to not be successful. Mm-hmm. And if I had to tell anybody or or give my advice to anyone, I would say, if you view it as not being an option where it's not an option, it's what we're doing. If you do that, it it, it will, I, from my experience, I can attest that it will definitely be successful and adopted. Yeah, those are wonderful insights. Um, And so last question I have that uh, comes up, I know a just all the time and, and kind of key importance for all transit, you know, leaders and, and organizations, but that's kind of the question around data and information and being able to really see kind of what's happening, um, you know, with mm-hmm. the system so that you can kind of understand riders needs, operators needs, if any changes need to happen, but can you kind of speak to that and you know that's you know obviously a part of our system is kind of the data and information but has that been what what can you talk about kind of the change from like before digital payments to after and the information that you have because of it wow i'll say it has totally changed our accounting uh, Mm -hmm. department we have in certain cases uh, made things so much easier with being able to tell where riders are getting on where they're getting off to be able to tell who needs what and and whether what the patterns are what the 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 things are that people are doing what times they are doing all of this data helps us to be able to be a more efficient system mm-hmm. but probably in being i'll say making that 
part easier. It has also given our accounting department more work because you have more data, you have more information and yeah. more you're able to be more intentional with how you do things and what you do things. And an example of that would be some of the data we collected to for for our waste. Uh, when we had the magnetic strip cards, we would have cards where they wouldn't work. And we would have customers reporting that the card didn't work. It's not doing this. It's not doing that. And all we would be able to do would be to go back to the serial number, see it, and then you know, bring, get the customer to come in, bring it in, and we would switch out cards and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. With the way we have the mode shift system, we're able to, if a customer calls us and says that their, their cash payment system didn't work and the driver uh, asked them for uh, cash and or another form of payment, they were able to, we're able to immediately, by their name, um, go in and look at the the data and mm -hmm. every time they hit the 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 validator it it shows or they try and hit it it shows so we're able to look at that system and say okay yes you are right we're able to fix that immediately put a ride back on your card at that instant and then have another customer positive customer interaction mm -hmm. It has helped with our customer service. It has helped us to be more more present. And, and that's what my, uh, I, I spoke a little bit about being able to be a service to people. That I believe is, it has to permeate down. From my perspective, if I am that way, I want to hire and have people around me that think of customers, think of their employees the same way. It has allowed us to do that and, and, and to that we are more than satisfied and happy with all of that. The, the ability to be able to be responsive, the ability to be able to be efficient. And, and again, to uh, add that customer piece is mm -hmm. all the worth, all the while worth it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. That's, that is, you know, the goal of every um, agency. It should be the goal of all of the technology providers, hardware providers, at the end of the day, it's a service oriented industry, right? Um, our, yeah. our goal should be is, and kind of the mantra we always take on is someone just wants to get from point A to point B. Um, so let's try and make it as simple and easy for them, you know, as we can, uh, so that we can, you know, provide the service that, um, you know, we're here to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's wonderful to hear. And um, I think that's probably about it for today. I don't want to eat up too much of of Greg's time. <laughs> um, we but, probably uh, so, would talk forever, but uh, <laughs> I, I got yeah, another yeah. meeting on the way. So <laughs> yeah, I know. As I say, I don't don't have too much more time. But um, to our listeners, hopefully we enjoy this episode. And again, please subscribe. And if you would like to hear more of these when they come out, you know, rate and review it. Uh, share it around with colleagues and friends in the industry. Um, hopefully, it's helpful to them. So we thank you, everyone, for listening. You know, please let us know if there's anything you want us to cover in our podcasts. Um, but I am Maxwell Mickey. Until next time, you know, we'll chat. And uh, Greg, thanks so much for coming on and, and chatting with us and telling us about your organization. It's been uh, it's been great. Thanks again, Max, and you have a great day. Yeah, thank you. All right.